The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our city. Yes, hello everyone and welcome to the Boston Podcast, where we tell the stories of your city and we got some stories about Father's Day today. Ain't that nice? And I am accompanied by my buddy and my former colleague and regular Boston podcast contributor, Scott Ziegler. Scott, take a bow. Hello, Dave. I'm just glad to be part of the rotating cast of characters. <laughs> As John Meter Perel says. I'm actually going to spin my chair around so I can be rotating. Rotating. Oh, man. You know, who's the... Who's the jokester here? Uh, Maybe you are. I'll give you that one again. Thank you. Say it again. Uh, with Dave, the, I'm rotating in my chair as one of your rotating cast of characters. Excellent. He'll be here all week, try the veal. So uh, on the subject of the show open, you know you, we hear Big Poppy's voice at the end of that. And there are two crises that we're updating here on the Boston podcast this week. One is Big Poppy got shot in the back in the Dominican Republic. What the hell? Wasn't it isn't it one of the more bizarre stories you've ever heard when you first heard it? Absolutely insanity. Like who who what where and e- then every angle about it doesn't uh it makes doesn't you wonder. Add up. No. And there's a rumor that he's in a tryst with the lady friend of some drug czar, which seems like something some kid would make up. You know, right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, but, uh, but now we know that there was apparently some kind of low-level thug hired to kill Poppy. Sure. Failed miserably, apparently. As we were saying earlier, the world's worst hitman. The world's worst hitman, right. It's like one of those like Darwin Award lists. Like, you've got a gun, you're at point-blank range, and you fail somehow. I'm glad he failed, of course. Our hero is, is still alive. There was uh, a friend of mine had a theory that before the uh, Bruins get so Poppy's still alive, the uh, the Bruins are dead, as we know, um, which was sad. There was um, my friend said what they should do is have Big Poppy uh, do kind of a pump up brief video from the hospital bed before the Bruins game. That would have been cool. That would have been a psych move. But I think he was heavily sedated, yeah. probably. And so Godspeed, Poppy. And the other crises, the more important one we've been updating you this week on the Boston podcast is my eye infection. Now, I'm hanging in there, people. I'm hanging in there. So, Scott, you don't know this, but over the weekend I had an eye infection, which apparently is healed. I mean, yeah, do, do I can't I... tell by looking. Okay, thank you. It, you. You'll notice this eye is a little more swollen, but it, honestly, during this season, that that this eye acts up more with the allergies and whatnot. So I look kind of like I usually look, don't I? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like a million dollars. Thank Dave. you. I can't see through this eye. I it, it 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 there's some this residual effect, and it's like anything else. When you get older, you have this little health problem that turns into something more complicated, and I start to sound like Woody Allen. I I'm gonna die. I the malignant. I I, I swear. He said malignant, and or or like to to use. Uh, the Costanza philosophy. Um, he's, you know, he said we need to look into it. I wanted to hear, get out of here. It's nothing. Get out of here. But that's not what the doc said. And so today I had myself 
convinced that I have Bell's palsy, which which I shouldn't joke about because I may actually have it. So, which and it sounds awful, but it's you know what Bell's palsy is. Yeah, isn't it when uh, like a side of your face sags? Yeah. Um, so in looking in the mirror today, I convinced myself that the left side of my face is is sagging when really it's probably just a yeah. little bit of the swollen eye thing. I'm not seeing it. Okay. Can you really not see out of well, that eye? I, I don't. I, I, is I, it I blurry can't. or total? It, lack it's of uh, it's blurry, and to be more specific, it's a it's a cloudy. It's it's if there's some sort of sheen, like a cloudy sheen over my eye, almost like some. Uh, I took Vaseline and wiped it on my eye. And I'm trying to look through that Vaseline, hmm. um, and uh, the doc says should be fine in a few days. But uh, you know, enough for me to freak out a little bit. You'd be surprised how often you use your eyes during the course of the day. It, it, it they really come in handy. They do, and both of them do. And yep. so I'm driving when I drive. I'm driving like Mr. Magoo, you know, with the squint. Um, and I already wear glasses. These glasses aren't very good. They're kind of foggy in them. So I'm just as uh, as I feel like uh, what's his name uh, Pacino, scent of a woman. I'm in the dark here. I'm in the dark here. Oh yeah. Hoo ah. Oh, that's it. <laughs> you were close. Yeah, it's yeah, whatever. Closer. All right, so, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to get to the point of this show, uh, Sunday is Father's Day, of course, and um, uh, one of my favorite fathers is my friend right here, Scott Siegler. How are your kids, by the way? My kids are great. They're, yeah. uh, you know, off the payroll, living on their own. Congratulations. One's on the West Coast, one's on the East Coast. That's great. I look forward to that day. Yeah. One day. And... Um, if you don't mind, I don't. I, I don't know this about you. Is your dad still around, or is no. your dad no with? Okay, no. But since it's Father's Day, yeah. and you've got a nice bar here, yes, I decided to pour myself a glass of my father's favorite beverage, Dewar's White Label Scotch. That's terrific. And let's let's drink to. I'm sorry. What was your dad's name? Norman. Let's drink to Norman. Okay. Norman Z. Cheers. Cheers. And uh, we can drink to Saul Yaz as well. He's still around. He's still kicking. He's still. Uh, a friend of mine just sent me a text. My friend uh, John Wasserman, shout out Wass, works at the River School, the fine um, sure. secondary institution here in, in Mass. And um, he sent me a text. He said, I'm, I'm signing checks here. And a check came across my desk, and it's for your dad. And, and he sent, and of course, being the professional he is, he didn't include the amount of the check. But my dad still uh, umpires baseball games. My dad at age, wow. uh, how old's my dad? 78, I think. Yeah, still umpires baseball games, uh, including some in the ISL, and he must have been working a Rivers game. So does he do the bases or behind the plate? He does both, as far as I know. And but it's funny you say that because I'll tell you his uh, a quick funny umpiring story from Saul Yaz. When he first started umpiring uh, high school games, he was working the bases with uh, one partner, the home plate umpire, as is customary, as mm -hmm. I understand it. I, I take it they normally have two umps for high school games. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, we've got. Uh, Men on first and second, and my dad is standing somewhere, I guess, behind second base or around there, whatever, wherever he would be, and the pitch comes in, and it's a ball, and both runners take off. It's a double steal, mm -hmm. right? And my dad sprints over to third base, and running, running, running at third base, making sure he gets this call, because here comes the throw from the catcher, and my dad positions himself so he's looking directly at third base, and the runner slides in, and there is no throw. And my dad, with horror in his eyes, turns around and realizes the throw went to second base. <laughs> ah. And there was a play at second base, and there was no call. And so people are murmuring and muttering. My dad runs to the home plate, 
umpire and says, uh, "Please tell me you were yeah, looking at that." Yeah, he says, "You know, uh, Stan or whatever the guy's name is." Hey, I, I really, I, I didn't see that. He goes, he goes, "Saw you asking for my help." He goes, "Well, yeah, I mean, I saw you asking. I'm asking for your help." And the home plate umpire goes, "You're out!" <laughs> and uh, there was probably some controversy there. But and he goes, and so my dad goes up to the guy after the game, who's the more veteran ump, and says, "Oh, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry. I uh, what a terrible, terrible mistake." He goes, "Saul, don't worry about it. Just remember." And he points to his chest with two fingers, two, two index fingers, and says, just remember, Saul, tits to the ball, tits to the ball. So remember, if you ever umpire a game, tits to the ball. So what we're going to do, Scott and I, in recognition, in honor, in celebration of Father's Day, is count down the top television dads of all time, 20 of them, 20 strong. Now, we put a lot of thought and work into this, didn't we, Scott? Hours of research. Hours of research. And by hours, we mean... Seconds. The 17, <laughs> the 17 and a half minutes before the show. But it will appear that we have taken hours and hours of research. So uh, it's coming up in one moment. Before we get there, let me just take one brief break to tell you about what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network. How would you like your own podcast, kids? The Boston Podcast Network can produce one for you, whether you're a lawyer, financial advisor, business owner, or really any kind of professional, you should have your voice heard through this exciting new medium. A good podcast is more powerful than traditional advertising. If a prospective client hears your podcast through their earbuds, you're already in their head. Literally, you get it? In their head, because the earbuds, you're listening to a podcast. Thank you. Pod617.com will help you deliver a message and build relationships. Clients and centers of influence will delight in being a guest on your show. Go to pod617.com to start planning. Be part of the pod revolution. Visit pod617.com. In pod, we trust. I didn't mention, by the way, Scott Ziegler, speaking of the professional world. Scott Ziegler is a very important man in the professional world, as far as I'm concerned. The jury might be out in, in uh, you know, the populace in general, but uh, but I think he is. Uh, the uh, pre- vice president of marketing, the, the director of marketing, the advertising director. Boom. On the, on the last one. You got it. Oh, for crying out loud. It's been, it's been too long, I guess. And Scott and I worked together at Lawyers Weekly, Scott, in his, uh, in his second tour of duty with, with Lawyers Weekly, his second reign of terror as the advertising director. So That's a good way to put it. If you want to do some business with Scott, go to mass, masslawyersweekly.com. Is exact, that good? That's yeah. exactly right. MassLawyersWeekly.com. Um, they're not a sponsor of the show. I just still love them because they're my old pals and they do such a good job. Scott Siegler is the guy to talk to if you want to reach lawyers, whether you're a... I'm not going to do a whole fucking read. Okay, you didn't pay for this either. You're here for the dad <laughs> countdown. Right. right. Anyway. Um, Thank you for the kind words. But MassLawyersWeekly.com is, uh, is <clears throat> the best in the biz. The, uh, the countdown. So... Here's what happened. We have a list of 20 dads, and um, anything we need to say about the criteria? Should we just jump into it and then give our commentary and such? Well, I think we uh, decided that we would talk about the fathers mostly regarding their parenting skills. Right. We can agree that they're all fun to watch. Exactly. So there's there's one that didn't make the list, um, and that's... uh, Dr. Huxtable. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we can't talk about <laughs> Actually, that's anymore. for different reasons. Yeah. It's still too soon. So you won't hear Bill Cosby's name on this list. But better example would be, well, we'll get to some examples. But in other words, if they were entertaining on the show, they might be on this list, but not too high up. We're actually judging them on their fatherly skills. That's right. right. 
which might include being a good role model, Mm -hmm. right? Something like that. Um, All right, then. So uh, let's let's uh, do let's have a little bit of fanfare here. And uh, let's start with number 20. Number 20 on the list from Married with Children, Al Bundy. That's right. So didn't rank high with you and I, obviously. He's at the bottom of our list. He's at the bottom of our list. And... Why did you? Uh, what you gave him a score of? Uh, the 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 scores are all public here, Scott. I'm sorry if you yep. didn't know that There's ahead no of time. No secrets on the Boston. No podcast. secrets. You gave him a three. I gave him. No, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong guy. You gave him a. a th- one of us gave us a. Th- gave him a three. The other one gave him a two. It's smudged on the board. I can't see. At any rate, yeah. why so low? Well, <clears throat> Al Bundy, I don't think really as a father contributed anything. Uh, to the upbringing of those kids, Agreed. he was a uh, uh, didn't earn much money. Right, he uh, held his children in very low regard. He put them in uh, unpleasant situations, mm. and he was uh, demeaning constantly. All those things, <laughs> yep. And the way he would sit with that look on his face, um, he was just like slag. Uh, he was he was the the you know bottom of people's sneakers of of a family it was just muck he was just drag yeah. he was just uh, lethargy personified he was funny as hell yeah at times but never really nice to his kids as far as i no. remember well yeah. I, w- I would think the only time he ever showed any affection or kindness to them is when one of them like earned money right. in some you know illegal way <laughs> right right <laughs> So, so the only time he was encouraging was when they were breaking the law or doing something terrible. For the wrong thing. Uh, absolutely right. And as such, let's move on to another dad who is um, not going to win any Dad of the war- uh, Year <laughs> awards, and that is from the television show Mad Men, yep. Mr. Uh, Don Draper. Right. I, <laughs> yep. I think I gave him a slightly higher score because yep. I believe... That Don Draper wanted to be a good father. He did. I'll he back did. up a step further and say yep. he was one of these guys that probably never should have had kids, obviously, if you right. watch the show. Yep. But I think he wanted to be good, and I think he wanted to be a good father, but he wasn't. Well, uh, but he did provide for them, so that he, he gets a slightly better uh, grade than Al Bundy. I agree. There were mo- moments when he tried, particularly after having been separated from his wife and eventually divorced from Betty. He wanted to do stuff with the kids, but he just didn't know how to. Right. Um, it's one of the, you know, in a contrast to Al Bundy, who we need, needn't uh, spend a lot of time on because he's a, he's a cartoonish guy. Right. Draper was a, sort of a, a Greek, you know, hero slash anti-hero. He had moments where you admired him. He had moments where you hated him. And I think... Uh, yeah, I guess the moral of the story with him is he just struggled with parenting, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. In his defense, yep. you know, he was brought up in a brothel, That's good and point. he didn't have yeah. any sort of role model or, uh, you know, um, upbringing of his own to right. pass on to his children. That's right. That's right. So, But Don, he was still a terrible father, so. Yeah, terrible father. And, and mixed uh he was you know like i said anti-hero hero whatever sometimes you loved him sometimes you hated him sometimes you rooted for him but yeah not high points when it comes to being the dad so 
we we move on. We move on. And we're up to number 18 on the list. 18, Dave. 18 already. We're making yep. excellent progress. Sure, we're moving right along. And it's uh, from, you know what, I think I have a, a clip I can play, which will properly introduce um, our next dad. Here's our next dad. Eight years I had that car. Not a scratch on it. Eight years. The whole thing is a total loss. Where the hell is my paper? You're supposed to see your face in there. Do you see your face in there? Would you believe when I was 18, I had a silver dollar collection? <laughs> I bet that collection would be worth a lot of money today. <laughs> I don't like this waiter. Look at him. He sees us. Doesn't want to come over. Why'd you put the bananas in there? So let him have bananas on the side! What do you need all that ketchup for? <laughs> all right, well, you get the point. Right. Frank Costanza, of course, from the uh, iconic television show Seinfeld, George's dad. Mm-hmm. Um, in all of those clips, George was sitting there with a totally defeated look right. on his face. So he only, he, he only, he doesn't score very high, slightly higher than Don Draper. But uh, your thoughts, uh, Scott? Well, he did, he did give his son a job. He did hire his son to sell computers out of the garage. So that was right. something. You know, he was trying to help the kid make a living. That was the Serenity Now episode. Yep. But he always wanted him to be more like Lloyd Braun, though, right? Mm-hmm. Why can't you be like Lloyd Braun? <laughs> um, this is the classic guy who's entertaining as hell, but you, you really wouldn't want him for a dad. In fact, George spends the span of the series trying to get away from his parents. That's right. right? Yep. Yeah. Um, okay, so Frank Costanza, sorry. Now, would now would you j- just for shits and giggles? How about um, what was Mister Seinfeld's first name? I'm trying Morty. To Morty. Morty. Would you rank Morty um, higher? I would put Morty higher because he seemed to genuinely like Jerry and uh, care about him, even he though he was insane. Whereas Costanza didn't never sh- he never really showed any affection to George. Right. Right. Um, very good. Well. Let's move on. Our our next uh, uh, our next dad. What are we up to? What number are we up to? Because as you know, Scott, yeah. I can't see. Right. Well, right. we're at seventeen. Okay, seventeen. And for seventeen, let's. Uh, My distance vision is perfect. Excellent. Well, we make a good team then. So we will uh, check in with uh, favorite TV dad. Uh, You'll recognize this. I think we found the reason why you've been throwing up in the morning. Congratulations. No! 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 <laughs> Poor guy. Perhaps this pamphlet will prove helpful. So you've ruined your life. <laughs> and we're looking at we Bart go. in the womb. Yep. Hmm. If I didn't know better, I'd swear he was trying to moon us. March! March, where's the baby? Right where you left it. Shut up. Hey, listen, fat boy. No, you listen. This is my wife and this is my kid, and I'm paying for this delivery, so if you want to stay, you better give me some respect. Homer, does this... And that was the moment where Homer became a dad. His his voice was strangely high back then for Mm -hmm. some reason. I guess they might have changed that. All right, Homer Simpson also does not do terribly well. Coming in at uh, number 17, your thoughts, Scott? Well, I haven't watched all 20 years' worth of episodes, but <clears throat> there were times, I think, when he actually uh, cared about his kids here and there. Eh. No? Well, it's funny because there's another cartoon dad that's a little higher on the list, and I, I think that that's right. an interesting kind of anomaly because, um, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess maybe one in ten episodes, Homer kind of did something nice for his kids or wanted to help his kids out. Right. Or, you know what? Yeah, he did. But Everybody, he was a terrible they, they role were, model. 
terrible, yeah, terrible role model. Um, not ambitious at all. I think the the moment that I re- recall where um, he was proud of himself for being a good dad was the episode where Bart tragically forgets to vote for class president along with everyone else in his class except for uh, Martin, his rival, who um, in in uh, completely unfathomable fashion wins the race for student class president. And Bart is despondent, and Homer says to him, does this president get to do anything cool? No, not really. Does he make any money? No, not really. And Homer says, so let the baby have his bottle, Bart. And Bart gets a smile on his face. And yeah, Homer, see? Yeah. So there Homer you go. Homer taught him a valuable life lesson. Okay. And that's why he avoided the complete basement in our TV dad right. ranking. We move on. You could make a case for him to be in the basement, though, I suppose. <laughs> we don't have enough time. Spends time in the basement, yeah. I suppose. Uh, let's 16 is Archie Bunker, Dave. Archie Bunker. Oh, wait. We already... Here. Archie he w- Bunker. He was on the hit show All in the Family. <laughs> And, and uh, uh, Archie's place. Archie Bunker's place, right, is the other one. Uh, did you see the live All in the Family? I didn't, did and I it? want to. Was it good? Yeah, I liked it. They yeah. did a back-to-back episode of Jefferson's. All in the Family and the Jeffersons. Right. Jefferson's, to me, was better. Jamie Foxx as George, correct? He killed it. He did was, he really? He was way better as George Jefferson than Woody Harrelson was as Archie. I Oh, now I, I really got to see that. I, I heard it was great. It's a great idea. I don't mind the rebooting of stuff if you give it a twist and... To do it, it was it was shot live, wasn't it? It, it was shot like live. live and it was the, yeah. They didn't really reboot because it was the actual script from uh, the old show. They just recreated an actual script. The um, meaning they it's a, it was a retelling of a, a single episode of each. Yeah. Oh, exactly. okay. Okay. All right. I still want to see it. I yeah, mean, no, it's worth seeing. All right. And Lisa um, Tomei nailed Edith. Just nailed it. Wow, that's stunt casting. Uh, Archie Bunker. Might have ranked high. He was always very sweet to Gloria. Was that her name? Was that the daughter's name? Yeah, he was sweet-ish. Maybe if she was there alone. But when she was there with her husband, yeah. Meathead, not she s- took it on the t- not chin so nice, just like he did. Right. Not so nice to his son-in-law. And if you're wondering what kind of role model he was, here's a l- little clip of what kind of role model Archie was. You don't know nothing about Lady Liberty standing there in the hop with her torch on high. Screaming out the wall of nations in a world. Send me your poor, your deadbeats, your filthy. <laughs> and all the nations sent them in here. They come swarming in like ants. Your Spanish PRs from the California. Your Japs, your Chinamen, your Krauts and your Hebes, and your Lincoln's friends. This is amazing. Come in here, and they're all free to live in their own separate sections. <laughs> They feel safe, and they bust your head if you go in there. <laughs> That's what makes America great, buddy. Well, he oh set such God. a bad example. But, you know, wow. maybe he wasn't that bad because he, he set such a bad example, but his daughter knew that he was a buffoon, and she Correct. really didn't even take him seriously, I don't think. Yeah, that was like a, a family, before, before family ties, this, this, that was a family ties Dynamic. I flipped on its head, I guess, actually, because you had family ties. You had Alex P. Keaton, the button-down kid. Archie was more of the the typical. They couldn't have been more flower children, right? Gloria and Meathead. Um, Rob Reiner would be a great guy to have a beer with. Not that I'll ever have that chance. Rob Reiner, if you'd like to be a guest on the Boston Podcast, please contact me, David at pod617.com. But just looking at him in this clip, 
Uh, he never had hair, I guess, by the way. <laughs> Comb over from day one. Comb over from day one. But to do this and then all the way up through making uh, Spinal Tap and, and, and he's still kicking around, uh, uh, be interesting to hear his He's had a story. good career. He has. All right, what number are we up to, Scott? Because once at again, 15. I can't see. Okay, so 15. Number 15 on the list. Peter Griffin. Peter Griffin. Peter Griffin, yep. Um, you may remember him from that show. That yeah. he was on. Oh, Family Guy. Yeah, that's you told me that earlier. <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of the Family Guy, but enough to know that he sh- is in the bottom half of the list. Yeah. Well, see, unlike Homer Simpson, so are you not a fan of the Family Guy so much? I'm not saying I'm not a fan. I just yep. haven't seen it. The episodes I saw, I liked. Uh, it's a brilliant show. I mean, uh, isn't you know, that the show with the like the little kid who talks but no one can yes. really hear him? That would be Stewie, except the dog, Brian, can understand me. Yeah. Everyone else only understands me in a vague kind of way. That's right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's... it's uh, very clever. Oh, very clever. They've, they've lampooned everything from, you know, reality TV to mm-hmm. the Star Wars movies with, with amazing detail. Whenever there's a celebrity voice on, uh, uh, usually they get the actual celebrity. So... There was, uh, when they did the Star Wars spoof, there's a line in Star Wars where they're getting ready for the battle, and you hear somebody say, Red Five, oh, I guess it's Mark Hamill, I guess it's Luke, who says, Red Five, standing by. And then you hear a voice say, Red Fox, standing by. (laughs) And then you hear this other voice go, Simply Red, standing by. And so, I don't think it was the actual Red Fox, because I think he had passed away. Right. But it was the actual lead singer from the 80s uh, alternative rock band, Simply Red. Yeah, to go down... To that uh, kind of uh, detail was amazing, but but Peter Griffin, um, as a dad, uh, completely ignores his uh, most of his kids, um, makes fun of his kids, um, kind of mean to his kids, uh, particularly Meg, who he basically denies the existence of. Let's see. Uh, that's, we get, that's terrible. Yeah. Well, um, let's see if we get a little Family Guy action here. You did all the work, and I goof off with Mr. Herbert. Like hell it is. They're having a big fight now, father and son. Is this really happening? You're going down, old man. I ain't the one going down. You're going down. No way. I'm going to pound your ass. You're seeming kind of cocky, and I hate cocky. (laughs) Boo, cocky. Why are you being such a jerk, Dad? Dad. So, just an just another comedic moment of father and son fighting shirtless with the neighborhood pedophile looking on. Well, I gave him five, but maybe with the newfound knowledge I have, I I might have lowered my score. All right, I just didn't have enough data at the time. Peter Griffin, you did okay. So. We uh, we move on to uh, number uh, number fourteen. Number fourteen on the list from it, HBO's hit series The Sopranos. Oh yeah, Tony Soprano. Tony Soprano, and I've got I think I've got a Tony Soprano moment here. If you bear with me, uh, yeah, here he is, father son moment with Tony. And what was the kid's name? AJ. AJ. Very good. Here we go. Studying. Government. It's not the end of the world, Dan. I'm depressed. <laughs> You're not depressed. 
You're sad and you're angry because you did something stupid and you got grounded. And you can't watch TV, you're playing your fucking computer for two and a half weeks. <laughs> it's gonna stay like that. It isn't fair. Got that right. And that's the end of the father-son moment. <laughs> Tony goes and makes himself a Sunday. Right. Um, he had his moments as a dad, I guess. Right. I mean, he I definitely sp- cared. Right? I split it down the middle. He did yep. care about his kids a lot. Right. He also had a terrible upbringing. Right. Um, yeah, mom never experienced <laughs> yeah. any joy, never showed any joy. Right. But he did love his kids. He mm. provided for them. He taught them good life lessons. But when you do what he does, you can't really it's be taken business. seriously as a, uh, as a parent. Well, that was, but that was the fun of the show, right? Is right. that that tension between like mobster and actual, you know, functional dad? Yep. Um, so Tony Soprano checks in at number fourteen on the list, and right. we move on. Two, number thirteen. Yep. Scott, would you like to do the honors? Tell yes, us what... George Jefferson. George Jefferson from the show The Jeffersons. I know. I've heard a spinoff of All in the Family. <laughs> Wow, yeah, the first spinoff mentioned on uh, the countdown thus far. Um, yeah, tell us what you remember about uh, about old George. Well, George was a successful guy. There was a guy who definitely loved his kid. And uh, I think I went down the middle, too, because he was a good father, I think, actually. Uh, although, like Archie Bunker, he was not uh, providing a kid with a realistic view of the world. Let's put so it that way. he had... Um, to, uh, by the way, this is Jennifer Hudson in the, the reboot you, you just mentioned. Yeah. This is her version of the theme song. Listen to this a little bit. say that's it's, I mean we all know Jennifer Hudson can sing she's won yep. uh, I think Tony's and and uh, Oscars right yep. but uh, I forgot what a it's actually a really good song it is a good song <laughs> you know yeah. it, it, it moves and everything and she just nailed it that was a real highlight uh, um, and yeah it, for those listening at home which you all are um, she didn't just sing it she kind of did this kind of uh Waltz through the set of the Jeffersons like she was part of the show mm-hmm. in in full like seventies garb. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. So uh, yeah, we like uh, we like George Jefferson. Good role model. Yeah, right. He literally did move on yeah, up. Worked uh, hard with the, with the He's dry, an honest guy. Chain the successful chain of uh, dry cleaners. Mm-hmm. For some reason, the episode of the Jeffersons I remember is when George uh, created and opened the George Jefferson Museum, where you would go. <laughs> it consisted of just, like, kind of three, like, dioramas of, like, stuff, like, that he had accomplished. And he was really disappointed when nobody wanted to come to the George Jefferson yeah, Museum. That's crazy. Yeah. Who wouldn't want to see that? Well, ironically, a lot of, in real life, people would, because it was such a lovely See, show. you know, on the reboot, they brought in the actual actress who played the maid, Florence. Oh. Mar- Marla Gibbs, I think is her name. That's crazy that she's yeah. still around. She's 135 years old. <laughs> right. Yeah. But she memorized the lines. She didn't blow any lines. Wow. Wow. People went crazy. Huge ovation. Well, is Sherman Helmsley still with us, or is he, is he gone? I don't think so. Maybe he's gone. Okay. All right. Well, 
he'll be missed. Uh, let's move on. Ooh, it's a loud drum roll for number, number 12. 12 uh, none other than Albuquerque's own Walter White. And were you a fan of uh, Breaking Bad? I watched every episode. We binge watched that. I probably watched the entire series in like three days. Yeah. Amazing, right? Yeah. Great show. Yeah. Um, do you watch Better Call Saul? Yep. Yep. Uh, I do. Yeah. Every seven years when a new (laughs) season comes out. Vince Gilligan, get your act together. You owe us. Uh, but Better Call Saul is is a gra- almost as not as quite as good as Breaking Bad, right? But 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 right, it's a notch below, but it's a re- above average show for sure. And it kind of allows you to kind of relive the Breaking Badishness of uh, of TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, yeah. If they so- don't do more soon, Bob Odenkirk's going to start looking too old to be in these <laughs> flashbacks. Yeah, exactly. It's a great point. They'll there's, have to just shoot them all in the dark. There's, <laughs> there's only so much makeup can do. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be like that that flashback scene in The Natural where. They couldn't have made the focus any softer on Robert Redford. It was right. like just a big cloud, right. uh, you know, with with barely recognizable features. Because he well, was in his sixties or so, probably when that movie was made. Yeah. Well, if you want a case for Walter White's um, fierce defense of his child at the time, mm-hmm. here's the scene I think you would pick. I think you'll recognize it, Scotty. But Scott's not looking at video; he's just listening. But I think you'll recognize this scene. Oh, no. Hey, hey, Mommy, I think I pinched a loaf in my brand new big boy pants. <laughs> what are you doing? What's wrong, Chief? Having a little trouble walking? Get off me! Get off me! I'll mess you up, man. Well, you'll have one shot. You better make it good. What, are you waiting for your girlfriends? You better go. You better go. Take it. Take your shot. Take it! Come on. Come on. Now, do you remember that scene? Uh, no. no. Okay, so what happens is Walter Jr., who it, who has cerebral palsy, is that what we're to believe that he has? I think so, yeah. So Walter Jr., his son, his teenage son, is on permanently on crutches. We're talking the... Um, the uh, who was our president? Uh, FDR kind yep. of crutches, right? And they're they're in a clothing store. Walter and his wife, and Walter Jr. And there are these two kind of thuggy looking teenagers who are making fun of Walter Jr. in the way he walks at first, kind of softly, and then loudly, so it's obvious what's going on. And Walter White flips out and just goes. And the, so the sort of crunch sound you heard was him like throwing, like smashing the guy to the ground and like stomping on him a little bit. And messing him up, and the guy is is much taller than Walter. Walter's uh, diminutive compared to this big. He looks like a football player, high school kid. And um, but uh, now you remember it. Now you remember that scene. And, I mean, you talk about rooting for a dad sticking up for his son. It was pretty nice. Yeah. Why didn't he rank higher? Do you think? So that? I think he was on this list. He might have been a ten as a f- father. Right. But. I put him close to the middle of the back because of the unbelievably bad position he put his family in. Well, yeah, there was a little matter of putting his family in danger more than once. Uh, we're talking at one point the whole home was soaked in gasoline and about to go up in flames. I remember yeah. that. Uh, Jesse was upset that day, I think, or, or one of his other enemies. Right. Um, and, yeah, Walter's life was constantly perilous. So there's that. But when you're a big-time meth dealer, you know, there are pros and cons. <laughs> 
So we uh, <laughs> we move on. We move on. Um, what are we up to now? Number 10, right in the middle. Whoa, number 10 on the we're list. We're halfway there, Dave. Yeah, and this is, I don't know how much time we're going to spend on this. This is kind of a dark horse. Yeah. But number 10, it, wait, hold on. I can't. DeFazio. It is Frank DeFazio. Frank okay. DeFazio. Once again, I can't see. Frank DeFazio, um, the father of Laverne DeFazio. And, of course, I always think of as pretty close friend to Carmine Ragusa, the big ragu. Um and I think he just uh, showed up on the list. He's a lovable show, you know, yep. our second spinoff, uh, of course, uh, Laverne and Shirley being spun off from Happy Days, mm-hmm. uh, which we might hear from later. Who knows? And uh, I don't know. Any memories of Frank DeFazio? No, not really. Just as he, he was one of those wisecracking fathers, if I recall, who yeah. didn't always side with his daughter, but uh, harmless. Was- I, was, I was about to say that he would, he would scream at Lenny and Squiggy and, and call them dinghies, but I, I'm conf- conflating him with Mel from Mel's Diner from the TV show Alice, the great Vic Tabak. Oh, yeah. Who used to yell at his his waitress, Flo, dinghy! Oh, no, Flo, uh, was, Flo, Flo was, was Flo, a waitress. Flo was Kiss My Grits. Right. But it was the it was the other. It was the brunette waitress, I think he used to say, Kiss oh, My like Grits. Oh, like the dimwit. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember her name. Anyway, the great Linda Lavin, of course, starring in Alice. Uh, Vic Tabak, not on this list. Not even a father, as far as we know. But I think <laughs> there was a period in the 70s where gruff, just just big guy, eth- sort of uh, vaguely ethnic, like, uh, well, DeFazio is, mm-hmm. is presumably Italian, um, were, uh, you needed one in every lineup. So, Frank DeFazio, we salute you, however briefly. Moving on. Number, <laughs> we're in the top 10. Number nine on the list is a surprise. The only real life person on the list from the world of reality TV, Mr. Ozzy Osbourne. Of course, right? Oh, yeah. Right? Come on. Yep. So, did you watch the Osbournes? I may have seen Somewhere. a little tiny bit here and there. Yeah. I can't swear that I saw an entire episode up. It was breakthrough reality TV before reality TV completely lost its mind right. um, and took over. Uh, and he did love his kids. He yeah. did. He cared about his kids. Um, he was married uh, happily, seemingly, to Sharon yeah. Osbourne. Yeah. And uh, he put uh, the family in a good position. Right. Um, and, you know, despite his bumbling ways, would always take time to talk to his kids. Of course, he, he was he, he could be dismissive with them. Like, you know, his daughter would say, uh, Dad, I'm so fed up at Jack. And Ozzy would, would just say, Just ignore him. And she's trying to explain the problem. Yeah. But he cares. He's a lovable dad. He was a lovable dad. And we didn't know that until the Osbournes broke through. He might have ranked higher. But we don't. Yes. We I don't remember him ever doing anything special. Well, it was a short-lived. T- I mean, well, or maybe it wasn't. I don't know how many seasons. It's under a few seasons. Was sure. All right. So I, I withdraw the comment. Uh, so you're right. He didn't do anything that special. But um, well, we love you, Alzi. We love you, Alzi. All right. Next on the list. Yep. Tom Corbett. Tom Corbett. Now, who explain. people may not know by name. Right. Right. However, but once you hear the name of the show. Yep. Which is the courtship of Eddie's father. Courtship of Eddie's father, yeah. Now you know. Now Bill you Bixby know. played Tom Corbett, I believe. Absolutely Dad, right. We have rules. Well, so people can live together in peace and harmony. Hmm. Right, let me 
I don't know. Peace and harmony. Let me start that clip again because it's so lovable. This was from the show. Courtship of Eddie's Father. Dad, why do we have rules? Well, so people can live together in peace and harmony. Hmm. I don't know if we have too many rules or not enough. Maybe we have too many people. Then we need more rules. Then we have less freedom. What do we do about that? Eddie, you've just put your small thumb on a big question. Wow. Was uh, Tom Corbett a rabbi? I'm not sure I get this whole thing. Because he's so wise. I think of just nothing. Yeah. Pretty hard, isn't it? Yeah. Something always keeps sneaking in there. Is that how every show started? Let me tell you about my best friend. He's a warm-hearted person who so, loves me till the end. To me, one of the more memorable themes. Yeah, another good in theme song. History. Yeah. Um, it sounds like John Sebastian from Love ooh, and Spoonful, but I, I don't think it is. The same John Sebastian who authored Welcome, Welcome Back, Back, the yeah. theme to Welcome Back, Cotter. Um, I don't think it is. Yeah. Mr. Cotter didn't make our list. I don't. He was a, he father, wasn't a father figure, but he right. wasn't a father. <laughs> eh, oh, well. Uh, well. They might have had a kid, though, later in one of the later seasons. Like, yeah, I can remember Mrs. In that little apartment. Mrs. Cotter carrying around an infant, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. Look Mrs. at that. Mrs. Mrs. Cotter was kind of sneaky hot, but mm-hmm. she really did not have too much of a role on the show. No. Except to listen to his She was the straight man. Jokes. She was the straight man. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, Bill Bixby played... I mean, really, the, the I, I don't remember seeing more than a few of the um, uh, episodes of Court of Veggie's Father, but it, there's sort of a nostalgic... The show was nostalgic like the day it launched mm-hmm. somehow. It was, I mean, you got a show called The Courtship of Veggie's Father. The, his, the, the kid's mom had passed away, right? That was the premise. Mm-hmm. And so... So he was he, in a tough spot. He was in a tough spot uh, looking to get out there and date and find someone and dealing with this um, very lovable kid. And the, the I mean, you got to love a theme song. Let me tell you about my best friend. And mm-hmm. my best friend is my dad. That's right. <sighs> there you go. Anyway, I, I did watch right. the show because I'm older okay. than you. Yeah. It was on. It was in my wheelhouse. And and enjoyed it. Remember yeah, it, like I do. You know, I, I do remember enjoying it. It's the same. I don't remember that much about it. Partridge Family was of the same ilk, right? What was the one with uh, Jody or Josie or the redheaded kid? Uh, family family affair. affair, right? No, uh, no father in that one either. Oh, right. Because he was the uncle. He was the uncle. He took those kids in. Right. Right. Uh, I remember that. This is this is like my. Rookie year as a TV watcher. I can remember those shows just, but it's all sort of fuzzy. But uh, as we move on in the list, we'll get to, to some of my heroes, and let's do that. Number seven. Number seven. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty. And uh, from the, this is a departure, but uh, <clears throat> uh, blood of my blood, I must tell you about the most noble father in Westeros, Mr. Ned Stark. That's right. Ned Stark coming in at number seven. Strange, but when you think it, well, now were you a fan Game of Thrones? If you Not had really? asked me that question two weeks ago, oh, I would have go. said no. Right. But I started watching. I've been so where taking are you? the DVD. I, I'm an old school dad. I oh got the DVDs God. from the library. What pray tell is that? And yes. I put them in my DVD oh my player. God. I can't believe that. And then I binge watch. And you sit out on the porch and drink your lemonade and watch your Game of Thrones. How, where are you now? I Safe just started season, one? season two. Oh, so you know about the, uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen an episode, you know of the demise of Ned Stark, yeah. which was shocking. And one, of the, one of the more shocking deaths in television history. I would say. Yeah. It was surprising. Yeah. And in part, 
because he was a good father. That's right. That's because right. he was trying to help his kids. And, Standing uh, up for the family name and helping his kids and look at where it got him. Yeah. He was in a no-win situation when you get right down to it because of that psychotic teenage king. That's right. Um, Joffrey. Yeah. yeah. And, I um, can't wait till he gets his. Don't tell me. I'm not going to tell you I mean, anything. you know he's going to. Anyone that evil in a show <laughs> is not going to end up on top. I know I'm, that much. <laughs> I've watched enough TV. I'm not going to tell you what happens to Joffrey. Thank Isn't you. it funny, everybody listening? He doesn't know what happens to, happens to Joffrey yet. But uh, if you are hoping that Joffrey meets some horrible, horrible fate, then you're doing it right. You're watching it right. Because yeah. that, that, that guy's a douche. He is a The douche king. He's terrible. Terrible. He's terrible. He okay. was not brought up the right way. No, he was not somehow. But then again, I could you could say that about every character in that show, as far as I can tell. <laughs> yeah, there are a few redeeming characters. About, it's about one in ten, basically. Okay. This is not, we're done with Game of Thrones. I yep. mean, if you want more Game of Thrones, go back and listen to several episodes of this podcast in the past. It's kind of unavoidable, but uh, that was the drum roll mm-hmm. for number six, which is also a little bit of a surprise to see him this high, but from Family Ties, Stephen, Mr. Keaton, Stephen Keaton, Alex P. Keaton's dad. I'll check in. Yeah. yeah. Well, you would think, though, yes. uh, that he would act. I, I would think he would rank high. I have mostly memories of him being a good father, wise, caring, mm-hmm. good role model. But I have this weird memory of him doing something somewhere in the middle of the series that was... I don't Bad? Know, got in a fight with the wife, or it's, I don't. There was something. Did Are he have you... an affair? He did something. Oh no! I don't Bite your tongue. Well, maybe he did, and I just don't remember on a on a very special episode. I could be of wrong. Family ties, maybe. He, but the the thing was with um, he he was in a tough situation. There's that theme song. This is a terrible theme song, by the way. Is this the Neville Brothers? Who sang this? Now, listen carefully. Tell me if this is grammatical. What would we do without us? Does that even make sense? No. I'm pretty sure it was not the <laughs> Neville brothers. Or any know, one of the I Neville know, brothers. I know it wasn't. I know it wasn't. I hope it wasn't. Uh, I don't know if something bad happened. I hope you're not confusing with the episode where Tom Hanks shows up as, as a weird drunk uncle. Remember that one? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, that well, was maybe a very did, special. Family did Keaton cause. himself have a drinking problem or drug addiction? Did, I don't. Is there something? Let's not cast aspersions on this beloved fictional character without doing He's our research first. He's the classic first. TV father All right, in we'll, the best we'll, way. On a future episode, we'll see if he had any chinks in go his back. armor. I have to go back and watch the whole series now. Thanks. I, thanks a lot. I do remember the episode where Alex was strung out on amphetamines, and that's not a joke. He, that actually happened. He he started taking like uppers Mm -hmm. to keep up with studies and his dad walks in and realizes that Alex is in a bad state and as he's having this father-son chat with him looks out into the backyard and said Alex what is that out there and and Alex said oh well uh, in in addition to uh, studying tonight I've taken the time to dig some trenches in the backyard for an uh, underground sprinkler system dad and so um, his dad kind of sighs and pauses, and then there's a talk about how he shouldn't be taking so many amphetamines, and then he says, well, get a good night's sleep, uh, Alex. I'm going to do the same. i got to get up early to fill those trenches. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, well, all right, so Now that you mention choice. it, though, yes. David, yes. I, I, I gave him a 10. Oh, you did? And you gave him a 7. Well, I know, but just because just not too much stuck out. Uh, he wasn't the central part of the show. 
Um, yeah, I can't. I mean, I I don't have well, any. Wait a minute. Now, now, now you're throwing a whole monkey wrench into it. Well, when you hear when you hear six through one, you'll understand. Right. We're talking some major dadding going on, some huge okay. uh, daddy-o situations. Fine. Uh, let's move on to number five, which also might be a surprise. Uh, Phil Banks. Philip Banks, who is, you might know him as Uncle Phil. And possibly not the Phil, last Phil that we mentioned on this list, strangely. But uh, so uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, right? Yep. Is it a good choice? Dave, I dare yep. you to do the whole rap, the Fresh Prince rap <laughs> right now. I bet you could do it. Yeah. Uh, well, Dave, at least, Dave, uh, Dave. <laughs> Uh, this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turns upside down, and I'd like to take a minute and tell you right here, uh, missing a couple words there, but how I something something the Prince of Bel-Air, <laughs> in West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground is where I spent most of my days, chilling out, maxing, relaxing, not cooling, shooting some b-ball outside of the school when a couple of guys that were up to no good started making trouble in my neighborhood. I got in one little fight and my mom got stared. She said, you're moving with the auntie and uncle to Bel Air. Um, something Dave, like <laughs> very imp- I got to cut you off. <laughs> that was fantastic. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's enough. You're right. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Um, that's the I'm first impressed. half. You know, the weird thing is that like the whole they play the whole song now. Like sometimes at like parties or even like weddings or stuff. It, there's a lot more to the song than was in the intro to the show. Sure. So Phil Banks, you could say that about a lot of TV theme shows. Well, that's true. Like the show uh, Friends. Yeah. That's a real song. That's by a the full Rem- song by the Rembrandts. Rembrandts. Yeah. Their yeah. whole version's great. Guitar solos, everything. Yes, a lot better than the show. Oh, hot take. Uh, anything else to I say agree, about Uncle Phil? I mean, listen, Uncle Phil was a rock. He would not only was a great um, dad to Carlton and whatever the daughter's name was that I can't remember, and uh, and yet a great uncle to uh, Will, right? Wait, was Will's name on the uh, show? Yeah. yeah, it was, right? Yeah. yeah. Anything else on him? No. Now we move on. Okay. Yeah. He's worthy. Drum roll, please. Thank you. Top Num- four. We're, We're in the, the top, top four. four. I can't believe it. At number four. Four is, well, you got to make a spot for Ward Cleaver. Yep. Ward, the great Ward Cleaver, leave it to Beaver. Wow. Yep. I, I'm not going to have any color to add too much on Ward Cleaver. What can you say? The guy was like the perfect father. Yeah. Brought home the bacon, had the lovely had wife. <laughs> fried up in the pan. Taught, that, you know, was nice to his kids. He was even nice to the bratty next door neighbor. Right. Eddie Haskell. Eddie, ha- he endured Eddie Haskell. Yeah, welcomed into into his house. He was, yeah, he was central casting dad. What yeah. else can you say about Ward Cleaver? Um, made a uh, appearance in an Eminem rap in the movie um, Eight Mile, uh, including the the terrible off repeated joke about being a little hard on the Beaver last night. Oh. Yeah, whatever. Oh, so we uh, this is a family show, Dave. I <laughs> sometimes. Let's move on, because we're now really getting up. The top three, and by the way, in the interest of full disclosure, the top three were a three-way tie, right? Yeah, they should were. We, we should tell people that. So we it's just hard sort of, to pick. It's hard to pick They're among these three. The, this, is the hall of, this is the holy trinity of TV dads right here. And for this first one anyway, I have a clip which, is, which I just located, which is kind of interesting. I'm going to play you the, what turns out to be the final moment in this uh, in this show, let's see if I can find it because uh, I'm having a little trouble because, as I mentioned before, I can't see. My eye hurts. Oh, here it is. All right, 
See if you can uh, recall. You'll know right away which show this is from. But this is from the final, final episode of this show. Well, what can I say? Both of our children are married now, and they're starting out to build lives of their own. And I guess when you reach a milestone like this, you have to reflect back on on what you've done and on what you've accomplished. Marion and I have not climbed Mount Everest or written a great American novel, but we've had the joy of raising two wonderful kids watching them and their friends grow up into loving adults. Oh boy, wait for it. Wait for and it. now, we're going to have the pleasure of watching them pass that love on to their children. <laughs> and I guess no man or woman could ask for anything. Say it, Mr. C. Say it, Mr. C. So thank you all for being part of our family. Wow. To happy days. He said it. Yes. Well, to, to I happy, have to, to happy days. I I'm, thought he, I thought my memory of it was he actually said these truly were happy days. But Dave, guess what? What? I'm taking back my vote. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't acquit himself too well in that clip. You know why? Why? Because he kept referring to his two children, and everybody knows <laughs> they had three. Who children. was the third? Chuck. He totally Chuck? dismissed Chuck. He wrote Chuck right out of the family. <laughs> Out of the will. <laughs> For those that don't know, yeah, Chuck, did we talk about this the last time we were sitting no. here? No. Oh, okay, because I feel like I talked about it with someone recently. Chuck, if you didn't, if you don't know, for the entire first season and maybe even part of the second season of Happy Days, yeah. Richie had an older brother, Chuck, who who went upstairs one day up to his room and never came down. Right. <laughs> you never, never heard saw from him, again. him again. I don't think that's happened in any other show. I mean, uh, sometimes you see funny switches, like yeah. like there was an episode. Oh, Bewitched had different Darrens, right? right. Yeah. Same character, different Same actor. character, right? And uh, even uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, which we which we talked about, the the actress that played uh, Uncle Phil's wife mm-hmm. um, was replaced by a different actress. Really? And, and yeah, and and um, on the show, it gets mentioned. Someone says, "Hey." There's something different about you, <laughs> and Will Smith does one of those Eddie Murphy-esque looks right at the camera, mm-hmm. like as if to sure. say, eh, don't mention that. All right, we uh, we need to round out this Let's list. We are down to the final two. I can't believe it. And number two is, oh, I kind of lament that we didn't put him number one, but from Modern Family, Phil Dunphy. Yeah. I mean, what do you say about Phil Dunphy? I'll say this. Go ahead. You know, he, he's a good father, really good, mm-hmm. but he's not perfect. Okay. Well, because he, he makes a lot of mistakes. I'm sure. Right. Yes. So that's a slight chink in the armor. And that's the only reason why you think he shouldn't be number one? I guess. If you have to, you know, choose a reason. I just love Phil so much. Let's listen, yeah. let's listen to a little bit of Phil here. I'm the cool dad. That's, that's my thing. <laughs> I'm hip. I, I surf the web. I text LOL. Laugh out loud. OMG. Oh my God. WTF. Why the face? Um, you know, I know all the dances to high school musicals. So. We're all in this together. Yes, we are. We're all stars. Nothing, something, you know it. So Phil is inept. He's 
a little bit pathetic, but he's so earnest. Like right. you look up the word earnest in the dictionary, you see Phil Dunphy. Right. I love him so much. It's a family, uh, Modern Family has become my new favorite, like... Uh, uh, Late night rerun show? Yeah, like when there's nothing else on, just go to a rerun of, of Modern Family. It 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 never misses, right? right. It's you so know, well written. And, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a comparison for you. Okay. Phil Dunphy, to me, is the Maxwell Smart of fathers. Ooh. Because he always please. he screws up all the time. Yes. He makes an absolute fool of himself. Ooh, this is but in the end, he gets it right. This is a great take and and that's true because Maxwell Smart although uh, right taking everything seriously thinking he was the official always on the level right. when using the the um, element of dramatic irony English major uh, English majors you know what I'm talking about the viewer knows that he's inept he doesn't necessarily know he's inept and yet because he's a good guy, the 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 gods reward him and he everything turns out okay. That's right. Would you agree? Yes. You know you know the other character who falls into that category would be Michael Scott from The Office. Right. Also lovably inept. Yep. Um, and not quite a nice as got nice a guy as Phil Dunphy if we're going to compare the two. But um, anyway, uh, well, that's number two. So Ooh. listeners, you, you know we shouldn't even have to say it if you know if you don't know who. Number one is, um, then watch more TV. <laughs> Let's take a listen. Here we go. This is uh, number one. You know, Cindy, when you tattle on someone, you're not just telling on them. You're telling on yourself. And by tattling on someone, you're really just telling them, I'm a tattletale. Now, I just got, I got hornswoggled because that's actually from the Brady Bunch movie. And so that's the great Gary Cole. And uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily <laughs> know Brady. the difference. Yeah, it's the same line. Here's a here's a real Mike Brady moment. Magic of youth. Too bad we grow up and lose it. <laughs> Who said we have to lose it? Carol's going in for a kiss. And the irony of watching the irony of watching Mike Brady make out with uh, Carol. Knowing what we know now uh, is weird because well, we all know what. Uh, <laughs> you what can say that is. about just about yeah. everybody. I like this as the number one. I mean, of course, yeah. Mike Brady. Mike Brady is nothing short of perfect. Yes, um, the greatest to... TV father in the history of television. Yeah, um, the only quibble you could have with him. I mean, let's face it, um, a rock of a man. Uh, a, an accomplished architect. Yes. <laughs> and and uh, did everything for his kids. The only thing you could say um, against him was occasionally too old-fashioned or you might even say misogynistic <laughs> because he knew the role of the man. But it was the times. Right. right? It was the times. Right. My favorite um, Mike Brady memory was from an episode where the kid the, the men and the women decided to switch places in a wacky turn of events <laughs> where the women would go out mm -hmm. and build a playhouse with the hammer and the nails Ooh. and the men would stay inside and cook or some such thing right now the problem was as we all know women can't build stuff scott no. it's certainly not in that holds true today it's certainly not in 1969 television. And so at one point, the dollhouse that is being built falls over, uh, you know, as the men 
inside the house are watching. And Alice, uh, being the voice of reason, mm-hmm. says, oh, that board almost fell on Cindy. And Mike Brady says, this isn't funny anymore. <laughs> and, he, and he marches out and he says, uh, Peter, start grabbing up those uh, boards. And uh, Bobby, we're going to need all the nails you can find. And girls, get inside. Working men need lemonade and lots of it. <laughs> oh, dear. I kid you not. This happened. Wow. You have, first of all, you have a good memory. <laughs> well, I applaud you moment. for that. Thank you. But Mike Brady, he ne- see, he never lost his cool. He didn't lose With his cool. With all those kids, I would have lost my, you know what, every day. He saved the day. And if memory serves, even when his kids were strangely abducted by Vincent Price, if you remember that episode, <laughs> way after that uh, show Jump the Shark, for yep. sure. That was either the New Mexico trip or the Hawaii, no, the Hawaii trip. It was a Hawaii trip. Um, Nothing went right on that trip. I and yet he kept his cool. Well, you he know. He never raised his voice. He didn't raise his voice, even as the family was being haunted by the curse of the tiki doll. Wow. I'm I've, sensing, I've seen way too much Brady Bunch. Yeah. Am I sensing the music that signals the end of the program? Yes, get the hell out of my studio, <laughs> Scott. I hope you I enjoyed the Father's Day spectacular that was the countdown of the top 20 TV dads to review the list. Go back and listen to the podcast again. We'll do the top three. The top three, Howard Cunningham from Happy Days. Number two, Phil Dunfrey. Dunfrey? Phil Dunfrey from Modern Family. And of course, number one, Mike Brady from The Brady Bunch. Scott Ziegler, you have been in uh, more than able uh, sidekick today. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Great time, as always. Of all, right. all the many, many podcasts I've done with you, Dave, this ranks... <laughs> In near the, the top, top. In the top two. Yeah. I'm sure, top yes. Two. Top two. That's not too bad. And uh, find Scott. Get in touch with him. Find him on LinkedIn or Google him or go to MassLawyersWeekly.com if you'd like to network with Scott because he's awesome at that. And as you can tell, a sharp wit. Sharp as a trident. And thank you for listening to the Boston Podcast. If you like this, share it with a friend or a colleague. Find all past episodes at pod617.com, which is where you can also go to find out how you can produce your own podcast here in our Westwood studios. On behalf of Scott Ziegler, I'm David Yaz. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston... You must be the other guy. You must be the other guy. Enjoy your day, everybody. Oh, and happy Father's Day. Say it. Happy luck, Father's Scott. Day there you go. to all the fathers. I love you, Dad. I can't say that. Yeah.